Hey, everyone. Before we start the show today, I have an important favor to ask you. Over and over again, we've had people tell us just how much they love our unique show format, coaching everyday freelancers to help them scale. But here's the tough truth. We can't do a show like this on our own. Sure, we could just do a few interviews with the same authors and experts you hear on all your other favorite podcasts, but we love talking with real freelancers in the trenches. So here's the favor. If you've been lurking in the shadows, if you've been listening for a while, but you've never come on the show, we need you. Visit freelance2founder.com and scroll to the bottom of the page where you can sign up to come chat with me and Clay on your own episode. Your business doesn't have to be perfect, your website doesn't have to be live, and you don't have to know anything about podcasting. We want to help you make progress in your business. That's it. So visit freelance2founder.com or click the link in our episode description and we'll chat soon. Okay, now onto the show. Hey everyone, I'm Preston Lee. And I'm Clay Mosley. And this is Freelance to Founder. Every week, we sit down with freelancers like you for actionable coaching calls with one mission. To help you ditch the feast-famine lifestyle and build your own sustainable business. At one point, we were both brand new freelancers, barely making ends meet. But by now, we've started, grown, and even sold a few businesses of our own. And we want to help you do the same. If you're ready to go from freelance to founder, then join the army of freelancers who are taking matters into their own hands. Visit freelancetofounder.com to apply for your own on-air coaching call. And now, get ready to take some notes because an all-new episode of Freelance to Founder starts right now. On today's show, are you still debating whether you should build your business with full-time employees or independent contractors? For Josh, a former side hustler who recently quit his job to pursue his business full-time, the question is a tough one. That's because Josh's business is thriving, and he's hired 10 new team members in the last year and a half or so. They are all contractors, which leaves him wondering if he's quote-unquote doing it right. You can hear our take on the employee versus contractor debate after this quick message from our sponsors. Whether you want to travel more or communicate better with international clients, you need to try Babbel. I've used Babbel's courses and you can do the same in order to learn real life conversation skills in a different language, order food, ask for directions, or speak to clients without having to use translation apps. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription. This is only for our listeners at babbel.com slash freelance. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash freelance, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L.com slash freelance. Rules and restrictions apply. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Freelance to Founder. I'm Preston Lee from Milo.co. You can visit M-I-L-L-O.co where we have tons of resources for freelancers and agency builders. We'd love to have you. And joining me here on the air, as always, is my friend, my friend, my friend Clay Mosley <laughs> from GetTripified.com. Hey Clay, how you doing? What's up, man? I'm, I was able to to make it away from the baby to get here. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. That's good. Sometimes that's harder than you'd think. <laughs> it's so one month, one month old today. One month old. Oh, man. Today is one month, huh? I know. I can't believe yeah. it. Well, congratulations. You made it one month in. You haven't died yet, so that's yeah, good. I, I think I'll keep her. She's, yeah. She's pretty cute. <laughs> <laughs> good, man. And uh, a month into, you announced a few days ago that you're going to be starting a new podcast. Do you want to tell us quickly about it? Yeah, actually, uh, Josh, this might be uh, your your solution to your <laughs> to your feedback. Um, 
So we we've been talking to Josh, who's here. Uh, sorry, I'm. Uh, this is your pre introduction to Josh. Um, Josh gave feedback of of us trying or uh, what did you say? Increase the frequency of this podcast. That's so right. I I myself and and, and I'm starting a podcast uh, and it's going to be called Coffee with Cool People, and it's the tagline is it's a marketing another marketing podcast, but not really. So. Uh, we're gonna talk about marketing, but we're also gonna talk about other things just to see where the conversation goes. It could be about entrepreneurship, parenthood, maybe other things. Um, but we got a really, really good lineup, including the Preston Lee. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> the Preston Lee. I'm curious why yeah. you always, why you always put the before my name. Is it, it making makes it more official? The the <laughs> is uh, it, it's more elite. It's more I elite, see. right? Like one and only. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Well, spoiler alert, we are here with our new friend, Josh. Uh, Josh is calling from Wisconsin, if I remember right. It's been a minute since we looked at it here. But uh, Josh, welcome to the show, man. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. Josh told us he's been listening for a year and a half or so now. And man, we just love to hear that. And if you've been listening for a while and you want to come on, we'd love to have you uh, talk about your business, talk about some hurdles you're facing, some successes you've had, and just learn more about you and do our best to see if we can help you take your business to the next level. So we'll do that with Josh today. Josh, why don't you start off by telling us about your business? What are you working on? What do your clients look like? Just what's happening? Yeah, uh, so I've been a freelancer for probably about four to five years or so. Mm-hmm. Um, I own what's called Bear North Digital now. Uh, we do primarily web development, web design, SEO, uh, and paid ads for. Uh, a lot of white label, a lot of Shopify stuff, and a lot of WooCommerce stuff as well. Uh, we have a pretty wide variety of uh, client types, which I'd love to get into later. I love that. So tell us, yeah, tell us, like, are, are you, you're using the word we? Are you working with a team? Uh, is it just you for now? Yeah, so I have a team. Um, I'd say, I think we're about 10 deep now. Um, everyone is a contractor. So, uh, Mm -hmm. I had a full-time job up until about three weeks ago and, um, I relied really heavily on my team to carry out a lot of work. Uh, it's really been, my team grew, grew, I mean, it was pretty much just me up until like a year and a half ago or so. Um, but I've got three young kids, so I really had to get a team because I had (laughs) a volume of work and I was like, I can't, there's no possible way I can do this, have a full-time job, all that kind of stuff. So, uh, yeah. So that's, that's super fast. Like in the last little over a year, you've, you've grown. Yeah, it's pretty good. You've added 10 contractors to the team. Do they work like part-time, full-time as needed? So they, at this point, they are all basically full-time employees hourly. Um, when I first started out, like kind of outsourcing and stuff, I was doing a lot of like fixed price contract stuff. Um, and I found I just wasn't getting like the attention that like the clients needed with their projects and stuff. So um, I was able to kind of figure out trial by error, really, to figure out that uh, doing the hourly structure worked really well. Um, that being said, I do have some contractors that are doing still like a fixed price bid kind of stuff. Yeah. Well, man, that's, I mean, that's some real progress. You, you, first of all, congratulations on leaving your job to take your business you. full time. That's amazing. Um, and yeah, I mean, to have a, have a team of 10 when you take the leap, like that's, that's amazing. That's incredible and a great time, great way to do it and a great time to do it. So, yeah, it's awesome. You know, I think the biggest thing that like was kind of nerve wracking for me is like, 
you know, with my full, just with like personal finance stuff, like um, having the team sounds great and everything like that. But I also like, I have to make sure they get paid first, obviously. And, um, you know, ultimately like it just, it got to a point it's now to, a, it was to a point where it was like, I have to leave my full-time job because I've, I owe it to uh, my clients and my team to really, you know, kind of devote mm. my time towards them. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that you feel that devotion to the team too. Like they're all working really hard. And um, so you're going to jump in the trenches with them and be there full time as well. So, right. well, let's talk a little bit about this questionnaire you filled out. And if, if you haven't listened to the show before, uh, we have a small questionnaire that, that our guests fill out. And uh, when they come on the show, we say on a scale of one to 10, one being freelancer, 10 being founder, where would you rate yourself? And you put, Josh, that you're currently at a six, like a little little past mm-hmm. midway on the freelancer to founder scale, and that you'd like to be an eight in the next maybe half year or year. Uh, tell us what an eight looks like in, in your business. What's, what's that ideal scenario for you? So an eight for me looks like basically getting out of a lot of the day-to-day operations of like updating client sites, updating uh, like really like detailed level stuff and not handling as much of the task management stuff. Um, I really like to just be focused on like the client meetings, sales calls that I obviously have to get onto and stuff of that nature, I think. Yeah. So you really want to focus on like growth and strategy and sales as opposed to the day-to-day executing on the client projects themselves. You'd like to hand most of that off, it sounds like. Yeah, I think so. Cool. And 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 uh, I guess what are some hurdles we can help you with then to to get to that point? Like, what are some issues that you're facing, or or maybe some questions that you have about getting to that next level? Because I think I think you must be pretty close to that. Honestly, maybe a few tweaks here or there, you're definitely on the right path. Um, but what can we help you with today? Yeah, you know one one thing I know you guys have just like touched the surface on in, in past episodes that I've heard is basically the, the concept of like the W two versus having contractors. That's been something I've been struggling mm. a little bit with, trying to figure that out. Yeah, especially now that I am full time. You know, before it was, I, I didn't feel like I had an option but to do contracts since, like, mm. you know, I, I I didn't have the the setup that I do now. Yeah, tell tell us about the difference a little bit. That that like, yeah, what has changed besides you going full time? Are you are you in a location with your team? Is your team all dispersed remotely? Yeah, all dispersed remotely, um, and for for me personally, like we have a lot more like monthly recurring revenue where I feel a lot more comfortable with it. Uh, mm. Whereas like before, it was like everything we did was more um, project based. Mm. Yeah, the W two versus ten ninety nine contractor. Um, so for those of you, the listeners who are not US based, this is the I don't know, Preston. How would you how would you describe this um, salary? Like a full like employed yeah, like, employed like mm-hmm. like employee versus contractor. Yeah, uh, like like someone who's like fully on the team. Although you know, I say that and like I feel like my contractors are fully emotionally on the team, right? But like like on paper, mm-hmm. an employee or what we call a W two because that's the tax form you fill out when you're an employee. Uh, when uh, that's yeah, that's like a full time on the team employee, and then there's contractors or freelancers which fill out a 1099 form, or get, I should say yeah. get a 1099 form. Uh, should we dive right in? 
I don't know. Yeah, go for it, man. Uh, I think I think this I think this is a lot simpler than than what people make it out to be. I think it comes down to two things. Um, one is uh, is just do you have enough work for them to be working on your stuff for full time, right? So here in the U.S., it's forty hours a week, right? Um, because if you don't, like, if it's only ten hours and twenty hours. It doesn't make any sense to to hire a, a full a full and I'm assuming full time employee here. Um, so that that's my that's one thing. Uh, two is do you want to control them as far as like what they do, how they represent themselves as far as a brand? Um, because like if just technically on paper, according to the IRS, uh, the Internal Revenue Service, like if you control them. Um, like fully control them, then they have to be a W-2 employee. So, and I guess there's a third thing is if you, if according to, again, the IRS's rules, if you supply Hmm. them anything, such as a computer or any kind of equipment, they have to be a W-2 employee. You cannot do that as a contractor. That will get you Really? I didn't know that. Yep. I didn't either. Now, I'm not an accountant. I'm not a CPA, just full disclosure. Or um, a lawyer or anything or like that. We, we, yeah. <laughs> so take it take this advice for what it's worth. But like uh if if, if for a 1099 contractor, you cannot supply any kind of equipment. They have to they have to supply their all their own stuff. I could gift I could gift my freelance employees a computer, but then it would be their yes. property. It would be their property. Yeah, right. so I you can't use my property to engage in my business. That that makes sense. Correct. Yeah. So I think it comes down to those three things. So and then as far as the first point of like, how, like, do you have enough work for them full time? Just do the math too, because mm-hmm. typically mm-hmm. on a per project basis, if you do have enough time enough work for them full time. It comes out to be less expensive per project or per client versus a contractor. Right. Yep. Yep. That's that's another thing with contractors that I, that I've had success personally is I do pay a little bit above like their going rate or their asking rate, um, and, and it's worked really well. But uh, that being said, I do see where I could save a little bit if I did hire the W two route. I think it is important to keep in mind, though, if you're going to go with a W-2 or a, or a full-time employee, like there are other costs associated with it. We've already talked yeah. about equipment. Sometimes you can talk an employee into bringing their own equipment or sometimes they want to bring their own. But a lot of times you'll be required to supply a computer. And, you know, potentially if it's a remote team, maybe not so much. But if you decided to open an office, then all of a sudden you have all the overhead of that. Like each new team member needs a desk and basic office supplies and stuff like that. So there can be a lot of expenses there. Plus, I do know, at least in the United States, there are laws about how long, how many hours uh, uh, an employee can work for you before you have to offer a certain amount of health care benefits. And so like, if they are working 40 hours or more a week, I think the, I think the cutoff is 30 or it used to be. I'm not sure about current law. Again, we're not lawyers or, or uh, CPAs or anything, but... Um, the cutoff, I think, used to be thirty, and you had to offer them healthcare, which can be another expense. So, like, there are definitely some uh, some more expenses that you don't get with contractors, but there's obviously a lot of upside to having full time employees as well. So, I, I don't know, yeah. are we headed in the right direction? Is this is this helping, or what questions remain? Yeah, it's helping a lot. I, I didn't really even know the information that Clay had. Um, that's really interesting to me. 
Uh, I'm glad I haven't bought any equipment for anyone, <laughs> um, and I'm not in a bind on it. Uh, but that's really good information for sure. Yeah, I mean, double check with your CPA. You know, yeah. like, uh, and also uh, just kind of on the healthcare issue. I think, uh, Preston, I could be wrong, but I think you don't have to technically you don't have to offer healthcare until you get up to like 50 employees. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. But but it's a good retention uh, thing too, though. Yeah, for you sure. Know, people want healthcare. There are definitely things people expect when they're hired on as a full-time employee versus a freelancer. Like you never, you never expect your client to be paying healthcare <laughs> uh, insurance for you or whatever. But you would expect that out of a traditional job a lot of times. And you're right. Like you'll you'll keep people happier. You'll keep them around if you if you add in some of these traditional W two employee perks that you wouldn't have to necessarily consider for a freelancer. Yeah, that makes and personally I've I've really liked being like the hundred percent remote and everything like that. And yeah. I do plan that's kind of the direction that I want to take things in the future too. Cause like I'm someone who loves working from home. So like I can't imagine wanting to lease an office space and doing all those kind of things. And then plus the overhead that goes with that for sure. Um so yeah. yeah. I mean I mean you can have W two you can have full time W two employees right. and have a remote culture. Like that's kind yeah. of that's what yeah. I did. Um but I will tell you like it's it is that comes, you know, that does come with an extra layer of management, right? Like, you got to make sure that they're busy and they're actually working. Whereas contractors, it's just like, did you get the job done? Yes or no? Like, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And like we have, so with our team, we have, uh, we've talked about this on the show before, what I call a results only work environment. I shouldn't say I call it that. I didn't coin the phrase, but a results focused, uh, structure where it's like, I don't actually care how many hours you work. You could work an hour, you could work, you know, 80 hours a week. And as long as the job's getting done, like I hired you to do a job and that's what I pay you for. And so um, it encourages the team to like be more efficient, to find their own shortcuts to get the job done better and faster. It encourages the team to, uh, to hit our goals as a team. Like, like it, it's all about the results, and I work the same way. I I sometimes work really long weeks when we have a ton to do, and I sometimes take days off when we just don't have that much to do. So, like, um, you know, sort of structuring it that way can be helpful as well. But but that's a lot harder to do. That can be a I don't know. I guess it could work with both uh, freelancers and full time employees, mm-hmm. but it can get it can get tricky. And you can have a mix too. Situation. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, good point. Right. Preston, I'm curious, how do you implement that when you have like, say, like, because for me personally, I have like, all my contractors are very much like, you know, tacticians where like, they're developers, mm-hmm. they're designers, mm-hmm. they're SEO specialists, they're paid ad specialists. How do you like implement something like that when it, there's not necessarily like a deliverable, say like with like, someone who's in charge of maybe operations or like, uh, account management or something of that nature? I see. So, So you're saying like, you don't have this issue with the current like, technical workers that you have now but as you expand and maybe have like a, an operations person or whatever you're wondering how you how you could potentially do that right yeah 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 so so with my team um we, we actually like uh with my team i wouldn't say we have like like set deliverables necessarily we basically like we have some goals that we work towards together and then on our journey to achieve those goals we have tasks that we assign one another and so basically, I just do like a gut check and I say, is this person accomplishing the tasks that they're assigned in, you know, in a reasonable amount of time? The rule is in our, in our group, when you set a task for someone else, it has to have a deadline, right? So are they accomplishing 
what they're asked to do in the time frame they're asked to do it. And if the answer generally, you know, 90% of the time is yes, then they're getting the results that they were hired to get. Um, even if like, like for example, we just hired a team, another team assistant and, and she doesn't really have like goals like some of the other team members do. She just is there to help us get done with lots of things, get lots of things done. Right. And so if, if week over week or month over month, when I'm paying her, I can do a gut check and say, yeah, she is helping us. That's what we hired her to do. She's getting stuff done and she's taking stuff off our plate. Then great. If, if like it starts to slip and more and more, and we've had this happen with assistants we've tried to hire before, where it's like it takes two or three days to respond to a small task and things are missing deadlines and whatever, then it's like, well, you know, I'm, I'm paying you to get a certain result and you're not getting it for the team. I don't, I don't know if that helps. Um, I, I am the operations person in my business and so I, I haven't hired an operations person on a results basis, but mm-hmm. it feels similar in that regard to me. Yeah, very similar for sure. But I definitely see where like having someone like that would really free up a lot of my time. Uh, yeah, especially with like some of the small things. You know, it feels like I'm all just doing a bunch of small stuff every day. Yeah, and I want to get to the point where I feel like I'm, you know, really more free to do the bigger things. I guess. Yeah, yeah. and that's what that's what we finally did with hiring. And like I said, we've been trying for a year to find the right person, and we have a really great person in there right now. Um, she does a good job. And and it's exactly what you said. She does with with our team. She basically helps anyone on the team with non revenue generating tasks. So like the other two members of my team who really lead sort of these smaller groups, I have told them anything that's non revenue generating, get it off your plate. Have Waraola help with it, and she can she can tackle them at her own speed or whatever because they just don't impact the bottom line of the business. So yeah, I think you know you could. Do something like that in smaller steps or whatever works for you, but it's definitely helpful. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, operational stuff is just, in my opinion, just a checklist with a deadline, mm-hmm. and that's pretty much it. Now, if you if you find a rock star, um, you can add on a third layer of, uh, okay, can you be more proactive about finding ways to be more efficient? Yeah, I think there's there's operational tasks, and then there's operational strategy, right? Yeah. And the operational tasks, at least internally, we sort of just call admin. So it's just like stuff that has to get done. And like I said, it doesn't, quite often it doesn't impact revenue, except that if I have to do them all, then I can't generate revenue, right? And I can't work on strategy and I can't work on growth because I'm busy like replying to emails and all the other little things that have to happen every day. And so I, I would I would call that maybe not operations. Of course, it's all just this is maybe you know, splitting hairs on terminology or whatever. For me, operations is what you're saying, Clay, which is like, here's our strategy for operating more smoothly. And here's, and when mm-hmm. this thing happens, this person does this and this person does this and we close the deal and it starts this onboarding. And like, that's like that whole system and process is part of the operational strategy. And that to me is, is a much more yeah. significant hire than like a team assistant. Yeah, that that's spot on. I think it's a difference between administrative assistant and, Operations manager. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Right. Well, well, Josh, are we? Uh, <laughs> I feel like this has been. We've been talking a lot. <laughs> yeah. What uh, What are we getting right? What are we getting wrong? And where should we go from here? No, it's super helpful. Um, what, one of the things I can't remember. One of the other things that was on my questionnaire that was really important to me. Um, it was uh, 
I'll read them off to you. So you've got uh, like a a balance between operations and sales, um, which maybe is a partly of what we've talked about. And then you talked about uh, the question of niching down or niching down. Like, uh, should you have a white? You said I have a wide variety of clients, and since I'm white labeled for other agencies, we've got a lot of different customer types that we serve. And the question is, do I niche down? Yeah, I never say it right. I, I don't either. I think it's niche, but I, I don't know. Uh, I, I, I say it right. It's niche. Okay. <laughs> so everybody listening, don't say niche. It's niche. <laughs> Just kind of like it's Jeff. It's not Jeff. <laughs> the clay has spoken. Yeah. yeah. So right, please the, continue. <laughs> I think the niching conversation will go in pretty good to the to, to the other topic too. So basically, like when this was, you know, a side hustle for me. Um, I didn't spend very much time about being strategic about who I worked with. It was more so like, you know, I got my start in freelancing and, mm-hmm. you know, I wanted to be the person who could help you no matter what <laughs> what you wanted really almost, you know. Um, and so it came with a wide variety of client types. Um, and a lot of our clients are actually like other agencies uh, that we f- do fulfillment for. And that niche is very like, price driven so a lot of like low, lower price stuff that being said like we do also have some higher priced uh white label projects that we do too so it just kind of depends a lot really on the market that they're in that their agency is in and, and and kind of the clients that they go after uh but like we do have really great like one of the client archetypes that i really love working with right now is we do a lot of shopify design build and seo for like uh, direct-to-consumer uh, brands. So uh, it's kind of just identifying, you know, should we niche down and, you know, how hard should that be? You know, should we be really, really, uh, you know, we're not working on these kinds of projects anymore. Mm-hmm. It's really kind of been a struggle for me, especially now, like I said. Yeah, well, now that, you, now that you're able to devote full-time resources to it personally, let me ask you this question, and then I'm sure Clay has some advice, and I've got some thoughts on niching down as well, but... Um, <clears throat> Why? I guess why is this question surfacing? Like, have you heard from gurus that you need to niche down? Has a, a mentor or another business friend told you that you should? Have you? Have- you know, working from home is mostly great, but there are some days when I realize I haven't left my house or even my chair like all day. Have you been there? Getting outside to exercise or making a trip to the gym are just harder now that my office is just a flight of stairs away. If you're stuck in the same rut as me, then you should try Hydro. That's H-Y-D-R-O-W. With the Hydro rower and 20 minutes a day, getting a full body workout is so much easier. Hydro can work up to 86% of your muscles in just 20 minutes for an insane effective home workout. That's because Hydro pairs the effectiveness of rowing with the power of technology to connect you with over 5,000 video trainings, classes, and workouts. And get ready to get out from behind your home desk because after a few months of daily rowing with Hydro, your partner's going to want to take you out for a night on the town to show you off. This spring, join the growing rowing community at Hydro. Head over to Hydro.com and use code FREELANCE to save up to $400 off your Hydro. That's H-Y-D-R-O-W.com and promo code FREELANCE to save $400. Hydro.com, promo code FREELANCE, or just click the link in our show description. Have you ever noticed that many of the problems people call in with on this show can be solved by hiring someone? 
Sometimes you need a full-fledged team, other times maybe just a simple assistant or an expert in something you're not great at. Whatever your reason for hiring, we recommend you take a look at LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. As you may know already, LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. It gives you access to professionals you can't find anywhere else. And LinkedIn Jobs makes the process of finding the perfect teammate easy and intuitive. Hiring is always easy when you have access to so many quality candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours when using LinkedIn Jobs. I've used it myself, and it was so simple. In fact, I've made multiple hires using LinkedIn Jobs, and did I mention, by the way, it's free to business owners like me and you. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash freelance. That's linkedin.com slash freelance to post your job for free or click the link in our show description. Terms and conditions apply. Have you read it somewhere? Do you feel like your brand is all over the place? Like what's what's really driving this question? Yeah, it's a great question. Uh, for me personally, so like we, we operate everything through ClickUp. Uh, it's been really a game changer for me mm-hmm. personally and, uh, and, and for our team. Totally. With that being said, like I've had really good success being able to go from working on a home services project to e-commerce because I've got experience in both. But I have team members who don't really you know, hop from space to space that well. And so I do feel like we would get better from, like, from a product perspective if uh, we did focus. So that's one thing that I kind of consider when it mm. comes to that. Yeah, you know, And also putting together this. a process oh. for one, one industry too. Uh, mm-hmm. is a little bit more a little bit easier too I think. I think that's spot on Clay talks about this has talked about this in the past which is like if you're serving the same customer all the time then you can build a process that you just repeat mm-hmm. over and over and over and it cuts down on costs I don't know Clay what more do you have to say about that yeah that's exactly what I was gonna say um it's to me it, it's not about it's not about industry that you're working with it's not about what product you're selling um, which it, it, it is, but it's more about what is your process to handle that that project or that client, because that's what it all comes down to. Um, with the assumption that you actually like doing the work, um, and like you have fun with it, and it's profitable. Okay, so we're making those two assumptions here, um, because if they're not one, if they're not, if it's not profitable, get rid of it. Two, if it's not fun, get rid of it. And to me, it has to have both of those. So let's. Make the assumption that both of those exist for all the things that you're doing. Um, so now it comes down to processes. I think it's okay to to handle uh, different products and industries that have different processes, as long as your team uh, kind of stay. Your team members stay in their own lane, because like if you have a group, a, a certain group of people on your team that handle one process. And then you have another group of people that handle a, a, a different process, but they 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 each stay in their own lane. Um, I think that's okay. That that's why you have like different departments in in certain c- companies because they they do the same thing over and over and over again. So you're almost you almost have like it is two different departments where uh, each group of people have the same process and they they don't they don't flip flop and they don't switch gears because that's where it gets messy. That's where it gets super messy. And it's going to be very hard um, to find employees that can go from one that can switch gears from you know day to day 
and and still be efficient. Um, if you find that kind of person, that is a unicorn. You should you should try to figure out how to keep that person uh, <laughs> as much as possible. But I'm gonna just tell you, it's super difficult. So um, to me, again, it comes it comes down to processes. Yeah, that's a you know really good to, for me. I, I think that's a really that was pretty enlightening because you know I'd say white label is what I would consider one department where. Uh, it's just a totally different type of uh, of business than than doing like the other stuff. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like our 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 D to C stuff. It's just totally different, um, and it takes a different process and person mm-hmm. really to fulfill on it for sure. And do yeah. the math too. Like I I don't know if you've done the math on both of these um, these types of clients, but like mm-hmm. if one of them is only a 22% profit margin, but one of them is like 72% profit margin, like I would, <laughs> yeah. I would ditch the 22%. You know what I mean? Like even though it is profitable, man, like if you think about it, if you went all in on the 72% profit yeah. margin, like, it's, it's opportunity on. cost. It's yeah. opportunity cost, yeah. right? Like yeah. every time you're doing a 22% profit project, you're missing out on a chance to do a 72%. And I, I would say too, like in this question of, of niching down, really... I guess this is pretty basic. This is pretty rudimentary, but I feel like I have to be reminded all the time. And so probably listeners can bear to be reminded. And that is, there's only really one way to grow profits in a company. I'm sorry, there are, there are two ways to grow profits in a company. You raise your revenue, just increase the amount of money you're bringing in, and you lower your expenses, right? Those are literally like the profit is the gap between your revenue and your expenses. And so... Mm-hmm. Where you've said, um, Josh, that you uh, work with agencies a lot who really want you to compete on price, like raising that revenue ceiling becomes a little more difficult. And so the other opportunity you have then is to lower expenses. And so you might be able to lower expenses by niching down so that you specifically uh, have very strict, low, low-cost systems in place. There's not a lot of waste. It's like very efficient and, and your team just does it over and over again very, very well. Um, that can reduce costs in a big way. But I do think what you miss out on by not niching down is, uh, is potentially like becoming a brand and, and a recognized uh, uh, company that people will refer to their friends, to their colleagues. Like if you are kind of the jack of all trades, you might get some referrals, but I think the people who get the most referrals are those who are really, really, really great at at one or two things. Like they're known for, like they're the Shopify guys, right? They are the Shopify store builders. And if you want a great Shopify store, you have to go to these guys or whatever it might be, right? So, you know, being a jack of all trades definitely can pay the bills well, but I feel like you miss out on a little bit of brand awareness, a little bit of referrals, a little bit of notoriety among potential clients. So there's a trade-off. Yeah, that's something for sure that I've been thinking a lot about, especially that really my client acquisition strategy before all this, like I said, it's just been, you know, we have enough agency partners that they bring us projects and and we do them. I haven't had to do very many, you know, uh, essentially like driving inbound sales Mm -hmm. or, or, uh, you know, pick up projects. So that, that's been, the thing that, uh, you know, 
and it's the other challenge too is we do have a lot, a lot of NDAs and stuff of that nature. But we, I haven't had any problem at all booking work on my own. So that's one of the things that I've been you know toying with, and especially in the in the Shopify space for sure, and WooCommerce too, but mostly Shopify. Yeah, I think there's definitely a lot of opportunity to yeah. to explore both. Really. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that that's yeah. you could you could easily be like the e-commerce guy. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. uh like for example, I'm I like for me personally, I don't do e-commerce. Um but just because I I I don't again, I don't enjoy it. <laughs> like it's super <laughs> profitable, but I hate e-commerce. Like I love it as a consumer, but as a as a uh marketing person as a web developer I hate it mm-hmm. and so I don't do it and so like my if you if you want to we're talking about niches like uh mine is service providers right so like doctors plumbers like dentists like that's that's where I stay I stay in that lane and and that's that's what people know me for so you know you could easily be a, a like an e-commerce person if that's what you enjoy our guest last week uh is a content marketer Who's who specializes in the spirituality witchcraft uh, sort of niche and and like yeah. she's doing amazingly. Mm, it's <laughs> uh, really targeted. If people, if yeah, it's super super targeted, right? And if and if but if people really need that, they can't just go to any old content marketing company, right? If they need content around spirituality and witchcraft. They they have to find someone like Virginia and her company because, you know, they need that specialized work done. And so there there's definitely like a power in being the core person. And you don't have to be the best company in the whole world that does it. That can be daunting. But maybe you're the best locally or maybe you're the best in your own networks or maybe you're the best for, you know, agencies or maybe whatever it is. Like you become when when people are like, hey, I really need someone to help me clean up my Shopify store, my WooCommerce store. They're like, oh, you should call Josh. He's amazing. Right? So, I really I like know. your it's, idea it's, too of looking, at the, looking at the profits too. Uh, because like, there's definitely, like, I could yeah. see a world where where we kind of niche down into e-commerce but maintain a lot of our, our white label partnerships and mm-hmm. just increase pricing with some of the, there's just some, like throughout the years, like I've got you know, really close partnerships with people, uh, and th- they're definitely due for a price increase for sure. Okay, let me um, let me. I'm gonna ask you. I'm gonna ask you a question, and mm-hmm. I want to be. I want you to be straight up honest. Do you know your profit margins on both of those? Uh, yeah, yeah. You pretty, do pretty well. Yep. He didn't even hesitate, Clay. What are they? <laughs> uh, let me see. Oh, he's gonna, gonna make you prove it. I've got that see. in ClickUp. Oh. So, so here, here's my thing. Here's my thing. I like, and I, and I believe you that, like, it, it, you, you probably have all your numbers in ClickUp. Um, but my thing is, is that, that like, yeah. the point I'm, I'm proving here is, everyone should know, like, you should know the math behind your business. And if you're reviewing it constantly, like, you just know, you just know. You know what I mean? Like, if somebody were to ask you, like, you should be able to pop that number into your head. Like, you should be able to instantly say that. Um, like if I I can I can go and look up number all kinds of ratio numbers and things like that. 
uh, and my QuickBooks and ClickUp and all that stuff. But like the like the big numbers, like profit margins, like that should be. You should just know that off the top of your head. Like yeah, everyone, about, everyone needs to know their math. Yeah, it's about like fifty to sixty-five percent, um, just depending on you know. I'd say on average about sixty percent though. Does it does it vary yeah. between the two types of services? You're saying like maybe I should ditch one or or uh, focus on one. No, it really comes down to some of the clients. Really, uh, like yeah. the end. Like yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, because well, yeah, like the same rule applies then. Like if you have a client that you're getting 20% profit on versus a client you're getting 70% profit on, ditch the 20 and find another one that's more similar to the 70, right? Right, for sure. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And the other thing I've got to do, got to be really better about is like, you know, especially when it was just me as a freelancer, uh, a white label client will come to me and be like, oh, my client has this budget. Uh, can we can we build a site for them? And I've, or whatever the case may be. And I'd be like, yeah, we could do that. And not really going. No, we shouldn't. Like, you know. So, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, that's yeah, that's a know. tough. That's a tough thing going from freelancer to agency. Mm-hmm. As like yeah. as a freelancer, you could afford to do that because you don't have all the overhead that you that you um, do yeah, with an agency. You have, yeah, and you're like trying to get traction and just just build up like a clientele and get some experience and some portfolio pieces. Like, there's right. lots of reasons to sort of take the smaller payouts when you're just getting started but it feels like you're far enough in and your team's big enough yeah that doesn't seem like a great option anymore yeah it's just a little bit of an awkward conversation like say say we do a website for you for 2000 and then it's like well the next one's going to be five to six that's an awkward conversation because mm. it's like yeah. what what in the world why you know what i mean and it's um but yeah you know, just the because day, my uh, client's budget yeah. was different or whatever <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah you know that, that could be awkward I, you know that's actually a really good point because um I'm glad you brought that up because it it could be awkward if you make it awkward. Um, I I would I would have an answer ready for that. Like if somebody if if you charge two thousand dollars for a website, but now you're at five thousand for the next one, um, and the person's going to be like, "Well, the last one was two thousand. I think I think if you you're confident in that answer, like, uh, well, it's five thousand now because like we're pretty freaking good and we have an overload of. Of clients and our supply and demand is like justifies it. Like if you have a really confident answer with that, and especially if you're talking to, to like uh, so hypothetically on like the the a white label, so you're talking to another agency owner, um, yep. they're gonna understand that stuff. Like mm-hmm. they're gonna be like, oh okay, well like I'm a business owner too. I understand that. Yeah. yeah plus, the other thing too. Oh sorry. Go well, go, Josh. Well, one of my answers to that right off the top of my head is like. We do. We actually have you know designers now. We actually have developers, and so like there's definitely a quality improvement. Yeah, um, that's good. You know, yeah. so for There's sure, no reason like, why like justify yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was I was gonna say like bring it back to the value you're bringing them, right? So you know, I guess it's okay to say, which I'm not saying, Josh, that you recommended this, but some people might say, and and we do this when we ask for a raise, you know, in a traditional job or whatever. We say like, well, I had another kid, so I have more expenses now. Frankly, your boss doesn't care, right? Your boss wants to know, like, if I'm going to pay you more, what uh, are you going to, what more are you going to bring back to me? And I guess, a, you know, a good boss will care, but the business itself, the profits of the business don't care. They want to know right. if I'm going to pay you more, then how is, how is that going to impact, positively impact the business? And, and clients are the same way. So if, if clients come to you and say, why are your prices higher? And you say, well, I've got to, I've got to pay, you know, two more people and, 
et cetera, et cetera. They, they kind of don't care about that. But I love what you said, Josh, because you said, well, our quality has gone up because now we've got actual professional designers. It's not me, the the business, the guy running the business doing your design. It's a highly trained, highly qualified designer. Uh, you know, it's going to make your site faster because his his designs are cleaner or the developer's code is cleaner. It's going to make, it's going to help you sell more widgets on your e-commerce because, you know, this guy is a UX expert. He knows exactly what it takes to get people to click and to buy. Right. Like all these value props that they want to hear, all these reasons they're actually paying you. You can say, well, like, you know, we've seen, the reason our prices are higher is because we've seen, we bring a ton more value to our clients than we used to. We're seeing huge conversion rates on their sites. They're seeing huge revenue bumps when they switch to our designs, et cetera, et cetera. Like that's such an easy sell if you can really back that up. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> one, one of, okay, so this this actually goes really well into my, my next uh, kind of question. Yeah, and, please. And scenario. So, like, really, one of the things that I've been looking at is like how I spend my time and like, you know, how mm-hmm. you mentioned, like when it comes to content and being the person, the right person for that ideal client um, is how much time I spend on uh, essentially, you know, new client acquisition and bringing on uh, new clients mm-hmm. and getting on, you know, sales calls and stuff. Um, I've got a pretty good like lead flow when it comes to that just through like freelance platforms and stuff of that nature. Um, and I'm, I think Clay would probably be the best one to answer this, but like for you, like how much time? Booyah, Preston! (laughs) (laughs) I'm gonna mute my microphone and go cry now. Sorry, Josh. Keep going. (laughs) But I I know you've 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 mentioned how like you know you do a lot of web design work and like being the business owner. How much of your time do you spend uh, on like you know new client acquisition versus you know in the operations in the day to day? Yeah, that's actually it's really good question. I mean, it's it, it, that's a super tough thing to um to juggle. Like I I love sales and it sounds like you do too. Um and that's where you want to be. And so you have to think about uh I think you're in this position too where you're doing sales but you're also doing operations and you're doing some other things and until you get to the point where someone else is doing everything except for sales um, where you can spend 100, 100% of time of your sales. Um, you have to... I don't know. I, I think you have to be careful as far as like... Um, you have to be really good at, at uh, changing the allocation of, of your time right. like constantly. So you never, you never want to change your sales activity to zero. It always needs to be something because you don't want to get in this feast famine cycle where like you're you're hundred percent sales mode and then you get a client and then you spend all your time on the client, but then your sales activity goes to zero. And then once you're done with the client, now you got like zero sales in your pipeline. Um so you you don't wanna you don't wanna change where your sales activity goes to zero. So you have to you have to play this balance and you gotta be this is where you gotta be like a student of your calendar. But you have to yeah. play this balance of, uh, like, how many projects do I have in the queue, like in active status, that's going to take up my time, um, and how much of my time is that going to take up, and then also how much of how much time can you spend on sales? So you have to know in your calendar, like, and maybe time blocking is going to be good for you on this because, like, mm-hmm. you need to know how much time 
is is it going to take to to work on and finish out your current projects uh and then and and then actually put that into your calendar and block it off and then you can say okay now i can i could spend this much time on sales I, I don't know. I, I don't think I answered that very elegantly. <laughs> so maybe you chose the wrong person yeah, for you, this. You should have picked. You should have picked me. That's yeah. Yeah, maybe I should have. too bad. No, no, I, no, I, think it's good. I, I know what I'm trying to say, but I'm not saying it the right way. Um, I, I don't know. I maybe Preston just start talking. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was fine. I think it was fine. It made a lot of sense to me. Yeah. Did it make yeah, sense you know, to Josh though? That, that's the really yeah, question. Did. That is it, the real question. It did, and like I don't particularly like love sales, but um, what I found is like the, pe- the my end clients that I talk to and stuff. Like I I have a pretty good like close ratio when it comes to bringing them on and stuff, and really like we get into the details and we get into the strategy side of things. And so, like, I do kind of think it's important from that front end perspective that I'm in there and I'm talking mm. to them just because, like, also, like, then we're talking about pricing and stuff of that nature. And, like, you know, I've, I've got a really good handle on that. So I like to maybe it's a control thing. Maybe oh, okay. I should be able to give that up eventually. But, but um, you know, it, it's been something that I've found, like, for now, I don't think I'm, like, maybe I'm wrong. Okay, okay. Let, let me let me let me let me answer it this way. Let me just tell you what I do because I'm yeah. I'm I I do I do a little bit of everything in my business. Okay, so yeah. what I do is I look at my calendar on a weekly and monthly basis, and I say this: I spend X amount of time doing this particular type of uh, task. Now that could be projects. Like I spend X number of time. Uh, doing projects in a week, and then I spend X amount of time doing, let's just say, admin, um, like emails, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And then I spend X number of time, uh, amount of time, doing, you know, another thing. And so, I I make sure to limit that. So, like for projects, hypothetically, let's just say I'm only going to spend, uh, let's say, twenty five hours a week on actual projects. And so what you do as you get projects in, as you sign clients up, you 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 can estimate how many hours is it going to take to do this project. And then you fill at fill mm-hmm. it out on your calendar. If you reach the 25 hours, you move on to the next week and you fill in your calendar during your your project only time. Okay? You don't fill in the, your other times where you're supposed to do sales and, and admin work and things like that, you only fill in those projects during your project time. And if you if you max it out for that week, you go on to the next one. And this will actually allow you to know how far out you are with projects. So if you start to get um if you're if you're like with your current projects, if you got a lot of them in and you're six weeks out and you're talking to a new client right now and they want to sign up. That's where you can go, well, it's going to be six weeks before I can actually start on your project. Because you can look at your calendar right. and see how far you are booked out. And, so, and it's really easy. It's really easy to, to uh, say, okay, well, let me, let, let, me, let me just replace some of this other time with project time this week. Like You, you can't do that. You have, to be a, 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 you have to be so strict with your calendar 
when it comes to this stuff. Like if you're going to juggle different types of tasks, you got to be very strict. So if I were you, I would determine how many hours you're going to spend on each type of task and kind of when you're going to do those and just stick to it. And I think that will help you. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if I'm allowed to share something here, but... Um, you are. <laughs> I'm just kidding. There's um, there's this... It's it's built more for freelancers. You might be past the stage. I, I, I assume lots of listeners will get value out of this idea, but it might also work for you, Josh. And that is there's this app called Cushion. And I'll link to it in the show notes, but it's at cushionapp.com. And I've been watching it for a couple of years now and it's pretty cool. And basically what it does, it's built to like help you avoid overbooking so so that you can do exactly what Clay is saying here, but kind of on autopilot. So like, so you put in your projects and it fills in your next available pipeline and then it, it only fills in the times that you've allowed it to on your calendar if I'm understanding it right from the last time I checked it out. So, so you cool. set you set those specific times on your calendar and then and then yeah as you book things you put them in the system and it'll it'll just fill up your pipeline and then very easily tell you like Clay was saying I'm 6 months out or I'm 8 months out or whatever so that so that you are reserving time for those other activities and and finding a good balance between business development and and um sales or I guess sorry sales and like the the day-to-day work of your business yeah, I like that. I uh, we we do quite a bit of like of these kind of things within ClickUp, and so I've got a pretty cool, good yeah. handle of like what we can bring on on a monthly basis. Mm, love uh, and you know, I I definitely see like there's like I know with certainty that we can bring on more. Uh, so that's where like really to me it's like I I sh- probably should focus more on, on on bringing on new clients for sure. Yeah, I think if, uh, you know, if there's a yeah, bandwidth for that, we well. focus on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And let me let me let me give you. So if if by some chance or anybody listening goes with my tip of like assigning a certain uh, amount of time per week for a certain task, um, something I wish I had done before, way before that would have been a lifesaver, especially with project tasks. If I think it's going to take, you know. Two hours to do something, double it. <laughs> so yeah. I am yeah. not even joking. Like I that swear, like fun. we underestimate how long something will take us. Oh my god, for sure. Like and and I and every time I block off my calendar for like, okay, I'm going to work on this website for four hours today. I think it's only going to take four hours. Like I just go ahead and double it because something <laughs> like comes up or I don't know. Like it just, I swear, it's always double. And ever since I started. Ever since like I, I put in my mind how long it's gonna take and then I double it. Ever since I started that, my my uh my life has gotten so much better. Like I, I'm no longer going insane. So <laughs> I feel like there's like with everything, there's always scope creep with anything creative. So like I feel like For that's sure. a, a, gr- a great, great tip. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I think we'll end with that. Thank you so much for joining us today, Josh. Why don't you why don't you tell yeah. our listeners to wrap up the episode? Tell them uh, where they can find you and your business. Uh, yeah, you can find us at uh, bearnorthdigital.com. Uh, bears and B E A R. Uh, you can hit me up there. I'm also pretty active on LinkedIn. Not very active on Instagram, um, but uh, yeah, yeah. Feel free Great. to nice. hit me up. Awesome. Well, thanks for joining us today, Josh. I yeah. hope it's been helpful. We've certainly enjoyed the conversation. I have to be honest. Um, you are the kind of guest that we can just tell you're like going places and going fast. And uh, it's it's fun to watch. So we'd love to catch up soon and see how things are going. 
I appreciate it. I really appreciate yeah. that. That is actually one thing. Uh, if I could give some feedback live on the show. Yeah, please. I would love to hear episodes where you kind of check in with people after a while. Because, uh, you know, there's some really interesting stories and to hear like where they went after. You know, I know for me, I'm going to implement some of the stuff you guys talked about today. So yeah, yeah we, try, awesome. we, we try to do that. I, I think... <laughs> I think this is just like job. <laughs> this is just I, I think this is just part of the coaching world, no matter what industry you're coaching. Yeah. Um ninety-five percent of people just don't implement. Well, I will implement and you guys can hold me to it. So <laughs> we will hold you to it. And honestly, if we're being completely honest with ourselves, we haven't done as good a job following up. And that's that's on me. That was my role in this whole thing. So I that's a that's good motivation. I will definitely uh, reach out to some former guests, see if we can get them back on. I think it could be fun to catch up. And we will do the same with you, Josh, here in a few months. Appreciate it, guys. Okay, man. Take care. Thanks a lot. You too. Freelance to Founder is produced by the team at Millo. Visit millo.co to level up your freelancing. And Dripify, visit getdripify.com to become a bad A in business. Freelance to Founder is also part of The Podglomerate. You can check out more amazing podcasts at thepodglomerate.com. The theme music for this show was produced by Joaquin Carud. You can catch past episodes at freelancetofounder.com or by searching Freelance to Founder in your favorite podcast player. While you're at it, we'd love an honest review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. That's all for now. Until next time, see ya.